So it's 1993. My name is Luis Santiago. I'm eight years old. I'm in third grade. Growing up in Canada, New Jersey, I went to McGraw Elementary School. Learning about girls. I'm a year older than my daughter is now, which is crazy to think about, right? She's seven. She's second grade. I'm eight. I'm in third grade. And there's a TV show on. Mighty Morphin Power Rangers. Very cool concept. You know, Zordon, this alien creature from another planet, picks, you know, a couple teenagers and gives them these coins that gives them these powers. They can morph into superheroes. They don't have powers like inside their bodies. They're not like Spider-Man. They're not, you know, aliens from another planet like Superman. They're not even guys like Batman who were rich and, you know, fought really hard to become what he was. They were just kids going to school. You know, they're older than me. They must be, you know, in high school. So they're like 16, 17. And I'm looking up, right, because I'm in elementary school. And, you know, they get these these powers where, like, they could be at, like, lunchtime. They could be in the middle of class. Uh, with that Peter Parker element, right, they sneak out the room. But the coolest thing, I think, was... They were given these coins and then they would morph into these heroes. They would have these suits um, and somehow these suits gave them extra powers and extra strength and they would fight. Um, and what a cool, you know, idea when it comes to wish fulfillment for a kid where like, yeah, I could like run behind the building here and then morph into this Power Ranger character <laughs> and like flip through the sky and land and then, you know, defend the city. It was a very cool concept. Um, I have to say at the time, it definitely was the first time I think I'd been exposed to that concept. As an adult, I like Iron Man a lot. Um, but that character, when I was a kid, did not come across the same way. That, you know, Iron Man was a adult character, rich guy, had a big, elaborate, expensive suit. You know, how was that cool? I don't even know yet as a kid. But the Power Rangers, that was cool. I remember being in the playground at McGraw Elementary School, you know, doing martial arts to people, fighting, pretending you're putties, pretending you're Power Rangers, and everybody would pick a Power Ranger. Um, and I'm sure before the Green Ranger showed up, I must have picked somebody else, but I can't remember. Because for me, really, those those memories start with Tommy Oliver, the Green Ranger, portrayed by Jason David Frank. And um, if you guys know, this is the week where unfortunately Jason David Frank has passed away. And um, it's been about two days. I'm recording this on Tuesday. The podcast comes out on, on Thursday. And, you know, I've had a difficult time trying to really process, <clears throat> you know, what I feel about the whole situation. Honestly, I was on vacation. I was just finishing my vacation in Salem, Massachusetts, which I was going to talk about this week. But I'll tell you guys what that was like. Um, that was very, a very good vacation with my family. And I definitely would try to circle back and talk about it this week. Um, I also now just realized this should have been the Thanksgiving podcast. Um, but let's give thanks. Let's give thanks to Jason David Frank. And then also, you know, all our heroes, the people we admire. I talk a lot about art, TV shows, video games, business. You know, I try to talk about inspiration, things that motivate me. Things that get me excited about life. And we think about how we spend all this time on this floating rock, right? Flying through the galaxy. Um, these people and these, these, this art and these things that people create give us so much happiness. I definitely realized with my trip to Salem 
um, that we are so fortunate. We have to be currently um, the most happiest people <laughs> that have ever lived on the planet. Um, overall, we have so much access to entertainment and things that brings us satisfaction and enjoyment. Um, we're almost, you know, spoiled, obviously, um, compared to the people of Salem or people that lived in the past, obviously. I even think about my mom and my grandparents and their generations and how they did. They had to wait longer. They had less access to things. And I think we definitely don't appreciate how much happiness we get to have. Um, Jason David Frank is somebody I follow on social media for the last 15 years. So way after, um, you know, Power Rangers was at his pinnacle, I still had the ability to see this this person that I used to admire, you know, talk about things, see what they were going through, see different things they were doing. It was pretty cool, and it, it inspired me through lots of things. There was a time me and my friends were trying to put together a stunt team, you know, and obviously Power Rangers was at the beginning of that. Um, my, friend Jay, my friend James was really big into Power Rangers, and um, more importantly, I guess, not more importantly, but originally, you know, Super Sentai and Kamen Rider and other shows that originated in Japan which Power Rangers is built off of. Um, but, you know, we, we learned that stuff, and it all mat- matters so much to us at that age and, you know, back in 93, because I think it hit at a very special time. As you're growing up, you realizing things are changing. I can remember in third grade is when I started having my first serious girlfriend. I started to start, you know, realize that um that those things mattered, right? Like, it... It was it was childish in first and second grade. Third grade, it started to change. It didn't 100% change. Um, but, I mean, if that's when the Green Ranger debuted, then I have to imagine that, you know, from that age over the next four or five years, um, as I'm turning turn into a teenager and starting to find my identity and going through adolescence, this is what's playing every week, right? You have the Power Rangers are on TV. And at the time, they were the biggest thing there ever was, you know, um, I don't think they get talked about at at all when it comes to franchises. But you know that that show, that brand overall, I believe has been on for I guess practically almost twenty five, maybe thirty years. It's been on longer in Japan. Um, but it's is you know, people talk about Doctor Who and how many seasons that has, right? Power Rangers has a ton of seasons, um, and it's an ongoing story. As far as I as far as I know, I I have I've obviously I grew up. I didn't keep watching the show. I don't. I think overall the show, you know, didn't keep enough stuff there for adults. I don't think that they were aware of, you know, us growing up and still wanting to consume that stuff like Marvel and Disney are. Like Marvel and Disney make stuff for kids and adults, um, but it's all part of the same brand. You know, Saban just didn't see that. They. I don't think they. They thought that they thought this is just for kids. Let's keep on gearing it and aiming at kids. So the Power Ranger movie, um, Tommy's the White Ranger at this point. Um, Jason David Frank, you know, playing Tom is the White Ranger at this point. Uh, after that, I didn't really see Turbo. Um, I know he was still on the show at that point, but it started to, I guess, fall away, and I started to grow up and mature. And like I said, the show was aimed more at kids. When the Blue Ranger became a kid, for example, I felt like that was a big decision to, again, aim it at the youngest possible audience. And I'm becoming a teenager, so I'm feeling like, yeah, I'm growing up, you know, and Tommy. And his relationship with uh, the Pink Ranger, you know, Amy Jo Johnson, um, you know, watching them and seeing their whole thing they went through was like my first example of a you know, relationship on TV that, that, you know, it mattered. I can't think of another one. I sat here trying to think how culturally impactful um, this was for my generation. And I don't think we talked about it because 
it kind of went away like a kid's show, but it wasn't a kid's show. I know for my sister, who's about three years younger than me, I remember there was a time distinctly where she was really into Barney. And I must have had a kid's show, a more kiddie show that I was into when I was younger, but I can't really think of it. Um, and I, that might, again, speak to the impact that Power Rangers had on my life. Uh, I think the life of a lot of people my age. And Jason David Frank um, is obviously at the forefront of that. You know, I, I did some research before starting to record this episode, really trying to just understand how to feel about the whole situation. I didn't realize that um, three of the Rangers left the show over pay disputes. Uh, Tommy, Billy, uh, and... and um, the, the Pink Ranger, Kimberly, they stayed on the show and they added, you know, um, Adam and Aisha and Rocky was the new Red Ranger. Um, they added them to the show and they were the ones that were in the movie. And at the time as a kid, I don't think I was aware of all that. I think I just thought, you know, some people had to leave. Some people came. Obviously, Trinity passed, um, you know, and I, I think the, I just thought like, OK, well, this is what's going to happen on this show. Right. Sometimes people are going to leave. And other people are going to come and take the coins and become the new Rangers and get to see how those their people are going to be. So I think I always assumed at some point that, you know, all the Rangers would leave because of that. That tradition kind of had started, but I didn't realize it started over uh, basically pay disputes. Um, and then that happened to happen. So when I saw the movie, the movie was amazing. I remember my mom taking me and my sister to see the movie. I remember McDonald's having the toys. I remember having all the coins. I had multiple morphers. Um, a bunch of the toys. I remember wanting the Power Ranger Megazord. I had a Green Ranger uh, toy that he would transform. His head would flip out of his chest, and he would go from you know being Tommy with the mask on, Tommy without the mask on. Um, and then when I was older as an adult, one of the first things I bought when I finally had some disposable income was I went to this local toy shop, and they had these different swords. And probably the most expensive toy I ever bought was the White Ranger uh, Tiger Sword. I even went and made one, a silly little horrible video about it. Um, at the time, I was playing a game called City of Heroes Online, where you can create any kind of superhero. I created the White Ranger, um, and that was the guy. I thought it was so cool. I thought it was so different, because everybody was making Batman and Superman-like characters in the game called City of Heroes. I made the White Ranger. Um, I also made Havoc and Nightwing, which are my other favorite characters from Marvel and DC. Um, but White Ranger was awesome. And yeah, it's just, it's crazy, you know, thinking about those things. I've seen a lot of people do some videos and kind of talk about the whole situation. And I thought it's important to talk about because I want to bring the business side to it. I want to bring the art side to it. What did Jason Frank do with his life? What was he like as a father? Um, he has four children. What was he like as a husband? He has two wives. Unfortunately, I believe in November, um, recently he started going through a new divorce um, and unfortunately, I learned that about a year ago, he actually lost his stepdaughter. His stepdaughter passed away. Um, and he's 49 years old. And um, it's a lot, man. It's a lot for men to grow old, people to grow old. But I have to speak from my perspective of how I could see life. You know, being a father, having kids, I can't imagine. I have a stepson. I can't imagine um, you know, losing someone, the burden that brings, the the pain it brings onto someone's heart, and then having to still put on a brave face, you know, following him on social media. He's always super positive, always doing things with kids, always interacting with fans, and always trying. My The one thing I teach my daughter, um, my last name is Roman. I always tell her, <laughs> Romans never give up. And um, 
I thought out of everything I could distill my life down to, if I was to give my daughter something, what would it be? And it was that Romans never give up. I think that's the one thing that has pushed me throughout my entire life is that concept of whatever it is, if you want it and you're pursuing it, you do not quit. And if I have to look back at heroes and different people I admire, obviously, Jason David Frank has a very unique tie to that. I remember um, it was cheesy when he did it. I thought it was cheesy because church things can be cheesy. But I was into the church at a time. And um, I remember he had a tattoo on his arm that said, Jesus never tapped. And I remember he's getting into MMA at the time. And it was like, you're seeing like, Jason David Frank is coming to the world MMA. At this time, I feel like a lot of people were trying to get into MMA. And I mean, he was, it was cool because like, you knew he was a martial artist. You've seen him fighting over the years. I was like, man, you know, can he do it? And MMA as a, as a sport, like any sport, you know, it is something that favors younger people, people who have, are, have been trained for that particular sport. Um, he did have some fights and he didn't do bad at all. I don't even know if he's lost any fights. Um, I didn't look up his MMA record. It doesn't matter. The point is he, he did try. He gave it a good shot. And I just think it wasn't something that the UFC or any of the people wanted to pick up. I think that's usually what people do when they're celebrities and they're trying to cross over to MMA. It's like, hey, can this, this go somewhere? We saw Brock Lesnar have success with that. CM Punk. Uh, Batista too a bit. Uh, Bobby Lashley. There's some celebrities that show up. They put him in a ring and fight. And oh, I think we want to see Jason David Frank, you know, do that. But I don't think the UFC saw him as being a star that would have that kind of a draw at this point. And that's a shame because, you know, I think a lot of people would have been super excited to hear the Green Ranger was going to, you know, show up and be on a UFC card. And it seems like, you know, from what I've seen, there's always been a financial issue. Every person deals with this. But like... It doesn't seem like that they made enough money when they were making the show. I know definitely when the show was first starting off, it, it you know, getting funding for shows and trying to get these things off the ground aren't easy on anybody. It's not easy on the producers, you know, when they're 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 doing all the different things to get the show out there. They're buying merchandise, they're trying to get all these things. And if it all goes belly up, it's all in the producer's lap. The actors get to go home. Um, but, you know, it's the actors that are, you know, reading the lines and doing the parts and performing that really make us love these characters. So it's a shame to see, like, all these people aren't, you know, well off, basically. Um, I don't know if he had financial issues. You know, you never know about those things. But I always seen that he was always out there working the convention scene, being positive, trying to get other shows done. I know he was filming a show that he was been trying to get done on and get off the ground for many years called The Legend of the White Dragon. Um, I hope they finish filming it. I checked the IMDb status of it. It seems like it's in the process of filming. So that would be kind of tragic, I guess, if he couldn't finish it for us as fans. But, you know, you got to step back and look at the person, you know, and I guess his life already, you know, had difficulties in it. And there's no way I can really get into and talk about all the personal things that I could maybe assume was happening in his life. But I think this is definitely a good time to step back and think about your family, think about your friends, think about people that you may not be in touch with a whole lot. And know like, you know, it's something where, you know, on these kind of these kind of topics, if you don't know, and I'm, I'm mentioning this to you, he unfortunately, re- early reports as me recording this, you know, claimed that he took his own life. I don't know. I wasn't there. I don't, I don't see any more concrete information. The family hasn't really spoken about it. Um, and, you know, this brings up the topic of suicide. Um, and I, I always see, you know, when this thing gets, you know, brought up, there's always a disclaimer, like, Hey, you know, call, you know, you, if you, if you're having, you know, bad thoughts, call suicide line. And, um, 
And I think I think it's something where I would like to say here on the show, um, you know, if you know me, call me. If you can text me, text me. If you can join, you know, go to samurai.com, S-A-M-I-R-Y-E.com. Um, we have a Discord. We have a community of really positive people. Join us on Discord, right? Join any Discord. I don't really care, um, you know, but like, you know, be there for each other. Talk to each other. I do not understand why people don't talk to each other. I don't understand why we separate each other. I don't understand why we judge each other. And, um, oh boy. <laughs> I'm going to try not to. I'm going to try not to. Damn it. Oh, yeah. Okay. I don't understand, man. Why we we break each other up, you know? There's um a lot of shit in life you got to bear. I'm trying not to be sad about this stuff. But um yeah, man, reach out, man. Talk to each other. It's it's stupid. It's stupid how people end up alone. And I've been there. I think it's a very natural human experience to be in a dark place where you feel you're alone. You feel like you're not having people to talk to. And it's not true. You know, you got to reach out and talk to people. I'm fortunate. I'm blessed. I've had people in my life that I feel like I can reach out to and talk to. Um, and I know it's uh, it's difficult. Not everyone has that. But that's why there's importance in this stuff. Like these communities and these things that get created around different topics. Whether it's a video game you like or it's a movie you like. I seen it. I seen it matter. I talk about Fortnite on this channel all the time, and um, I talk about it because it's fun. It's just simple fun, and their system where you can emote and you can just hop in and play. And they have parties that happen every few months. For some people, it becomes an outlet. It becomes the only outlet. You know, I mean, I think about the pandemic. Definitely during the pandemic, I spent a lot of time playing Fortnite because it simply offered you. A way to somehow connect with people instantly without any of the baggage or complicated things that come up in human relationships. Um, To hop in and just see other characters you recognize and see other people. And you know there's someone else on the other side of that that avatar in the virtual world. Um, And you guys are just dancing and emoting and jumping off of things and just having fun. It doesn't even matter. You're You're just being silly. There's no video game experience that, that promotes that, right? Like, it, like, you could just play around. They have literal parties. And it sounds stupid, I think, to older people, people who didn't grow up with this. But when I see my kids play it and I see them enjoy it, I, I get it. I understand. Like, it's just a way to go have fun. If you go to a playground and you ever take a kid to a playground, kids can show up on the playground and see other kids and instantly start playing like they've known each other forever. There's no bullshit. There's no, there's nothing in the middle. There's no judgment. There is no, you know, obligation. There's no expecting things. They just start playing and having fun. And for that brief moment in time, they're together on that playground. They're just enjoying each other. And at the end of it, everyone gets in their parents' cars and they never see each other again in most situations, right? And then they go back to the playground and they do it again. You know, it's it's living life in the moment in its purest form. And as adults, you know, we have all this technology where we can communicate. We have all this ability. We have money and resources and, and freedom. And then we, we we float apart from each other. We we allow each other to separate. We we intentionally separate. We find, you know, issues and things that squabble over that doesn't really matter. 
And then, you know, when we have the ability to still stay connected, we don't. So I don't know, you know, what it what it was for for JDF, for Jason David Frank, the Green Ranger, Tommy Oliver, the White Ranger, you know, like so many other Rangers, Black Dino Ranger, Red Zio Ranger, right? I know he's he's been on the show for so long. Um, but I think in these situations, knowing all the stuff he's put out there, I think he would talk about, yeah, never giving up. And, I, and at first, when I heard that he took his own life, you know, that comes as a blow. It comes to me as a blow as me as a father. It comes to me as a blow as a fan. But then I thought, you know, I understand. I've done, I've done a lot of research into this topic. And I think when you're in those situations and in those spaces, you're in so much pain that you don't, you're not thinking clearly. You know, we wouldn't, we wouldn't fault someone who is walking along and, you know, stumbled and then passed away because they fell down or something like that or some kind of accident happened. I think we look at suicide as such a like, oh, you did it, like shame on you kind of thing. There's all this Christian stuff that obviously people put out there um, about all the ramifications for suicide. And um, obviously suicide is not a great thing. My point is, I, I initially, too, for a lot of other people I've seen that have passed away, you know, through suicide, I've been upset. I've been upset. I felt robbed. I felt wronged. I felt like it was a selfish act. But then over the years doing research, I realized that a lot of people, when they're in that place and they have that kind of pain, they're not thinking clearly. They're not, they're not realizing the other people. It's just they're in so much pain. And if you ever experience pain in life, which if you're human, you probably have, and you can think about maybe one of the most painful experiences I think we all can agree that when you're in an enormous amount of pain, and especially kind of pain that seems unending, um, it's very difficult to think clearly and to think about others when you're just in a tremendous amount of pain. We're humans. We have nervous systems. We have you know this mental you know cage that we all walk around with. That's our brain, um, and it's it's you can't. I hate seeing people pass judgment at this point. And I was one of those people probably at, at some time in history on people that take their own lives. I don't condone it. Please don't do it. Obviously, like I said, reach out, talk to people. Um, you know, you don't have to. It's just, if you allow yourself to go into that rabbit hole, it's it's difficult, you know, and I don't even want to say allow. I'm going to take that back because I, I know like sometimes we just kind of get there. But if you have even a second of clarity, you know, reach out to someone, talk to somebody. Um, and, you know, let's keep it positive because he would want us to keep it positive. I want to keep it positive on the show and talk about some of the amazing things that I saw him do, and really just talk about, you know, what is it like for someone when they're chasing their dreams, and what what do you go through, and everything I've seen from him do, I've seen him still doing, and that tenacity, that that never giving up, because at first, like I said, when I heard he took his own life, I thought, man, how'd you give up at everybody, like, you're, that's not your brand, bro, and then I realized, like, nah, that's still not his brand, you know, something bad happened, um, you know, I can't fault somebody for having a bad day, having a bad year, having a bad experience. Um, you know, his whole entire life, he's 49 years old, you know, everything I know of him from when he was a young man on the TV show to all the other projects and businesses he tried to get started, the other things he tried to express, all the time he literally put in with all countless, countless fans, all the people I see him do videos with, everyone he interacted with, the man lived a life. He lived a life that few of us, you know, ever get to experience. 
putting out a tremendous amount of positive energy into the world. I've seen situations where, you know, he could have got into beefs, he could have got into arguments, he could have got into problems with other celebrities. All those things would have gave him more attention if he fed into them. Um, you know, the media loves that kind of stuff. And he took the high road. He expressed to his fans, be positive, don't be mean, don't do not do these things. And um, it's thankless, right? I'm sure some people said, nah, man, he should have did it. He should have, you know, cashed in. And a lot of times he didn't cash in. Also, you know, I, interestingly enough, when those other actors left on Power Rangers, and that's their, their res- no respect to them, they could do those things. You know, they weren't getting paid a lot of money. They're getting paid a very little amount of money for the show they were doing and how much money at that point was rolling in for the show. Um, and I can't speak to his heart. I, mean, I don't know if he saw the long game. I don't know if he saw, you know, the fact it was a franchise. Um, I believe the quote was that he thought, you know, opportunities like this don't come along, you know, every every day um, or something like that, or you know, they don't come twice like this. And he wanted to ride it out, and he convinced some of the other actors to ride it out. Um, and they, I believe they've all had some level of success. Um, you know, is it the kind of success I think that we would expect nowadays from, you know, a current actor might step into a role, you know, step into a, a Spider-Man role and be well off for a very long time? I guess what some would say, a lot of actors... But Power Rangers included are some of those actors that help pave that way, who help, you know, learn those lessons. I know Wesley Snipes is somebody that I saw talk about Blade and how he even said, you know, if he could go back, he would have did it differently. He would have thought about the finances differently because um, he didn't realize at the time, you know, how much money could be in these things long term. Um, and yeah, so that's just hindsight being 2020, right? We've all had opportunities in business and in life that maybe we didn't really appreciate at the time. But, you know, he Jason played the long game and, you know, he uh, Jason David Frank, I got to mention, right, not to confuse him with any of the characters on the show. Um, you know, he played the long game. And even though I see that, you know, over the years he's tried to have other projects, he did some other acting gigs. Um, and the most the most recent thing is The Legend of the White uh, White Dragon, which is basically a Power Rangers type show that's inspired um, by that, but aim more at an adult audience. Um, it's not like, I don't think it's really graphic, but I think it's made, made supposed to be a bit more mature. So the story is a bit heavier. Um, and I believe they were making it with a YouTube channel called Bat in the Sun. Bat in the Sun, um, they, they trended for a while because they used to do like this, this show where they would take like a really, they'd make a really cool looking suit of like Wolverine and a really cool looking suit of like another character, like maybe Batman. And then they would do like a martial arts sequence. And it was a really cool thing to do on YouTube. Um, and they did a bunch of them. I think White Ranger, or the Green Ranger, I think was on there. And I think he fought Ryu on their episode. And after that, teaming up, you know, he was able to parlay that into convincing them to try to do a movie. I believe they did a GoFundMe or a Kickstarter type thing um, and got the money together. And hopefully, like I said, hopefully they finish filming it. But that's awesome to see at 45. You know, he's still trying to get things done. And you see that you would think, you know, that some company would say, hey, you know, you're still doing this. People recognize you. You've had tons of experience with this show. Let's go make an adult version of Power Rangers. And no one ever did it. You know, no one ever went and and did that. I don't know if now people, you know, might be inspired by it and they'll go do it. It's difficult because, you know, part of me is torn as as I'm trying to talk about this where, I still keep thinking about the man, the father, the regular person, you know, where where these pursuits, these worldly pursuits don't really matter at the end of the day. Um, I guess, you know, in some ways they do, some ways they don't. You know, us watching a TV show, how much does that matter in the grand scheme of the universe, right? Probably nothing. 
But to us in that day, it can mean everything. I know I love to watch certain shows and certain movies to pick me up and push me through certain days, certain music. Art is is uh is life in a lot of ways. You know, us having art and be able to express it and share it with each other is one of the most beautiful gifts that we have in this entire bleak, sometimes seeming universe. Um, you know, us being able to do those things, express those ideas, inspire each other, that stuff is amazing. Um, you know, there's lots of practical jobs that aren't involved with art that are super important too. But all together, I think everyone likes to come together and sit down and watch a movie sometimes with each other or listen to some music and experience that art together kind of as a way to like mentally heal. I used to love, I used to play this game called Star Wars Galaxies. And it was one of the first games I saw where you had like a health bar, a stamina bar, and a mental health bar. <laughs> and, and one of the coolest things about it was the game makers thought that going to the canteen in Star Wars is really cool. And in that situation, you had dancers and musicians and stuff in the canteen. So why not let the players play music and dance and they can mentally heal other players? And also, if you hung out in the bar long enough with the, the entertainers, you would get a mental boost. You would leave the bar and then do better in fighting for like an hour or two, which would then encourage you to go back to the bar, get get you know get your mental health healed. I think it's the only game I've seen that ever had that mechanic. Star Wars Galaxies, you know, at a time was a great game. Um, yeah, so I think a lot of times we don't appreciate art. And then, you know, in these moments here, you have the finality of where this this is gone. I won't get another Green Ranger movie. Um, that hopefully, like I said, did I not see, you know, The Legend of the White Dragon? Hopefully it finished. I don't know. Um, but that, that, that chapter is done. And, you know, I teach my daughter, everything ends. Um, you know, I want her to always understand that. I want her to understand that things have an ending. So in a more positive way, you know, this is the end of one chapter. Um, and obviously it will keep moving on and people will keep thinking about, you know, this man's life and his contributions that he's made. And, um, you know, we're going to get into more of that in the second half of the podcast, um, you know, actually, I think that'd be in poor taste. We're not going to do a commercial break. I'm just going to do this kind of in one long take and we'll just keep it going on. Right. So looking at some of the things he done, if you don't know what Power Rangers is, I'll give you a quick breakdown of it. Right. Um, so like Power Rangers was a TV show back in the 90s where basically, you know, you'd have a bunch of these American actors going through kind of American things that you see, you know, happen in society, like going to school, having a problem with a test. Um, you know, dynamics and relationships, maybe that problems with parents or whatever. And then it would cut to these amazing martial arts sequences, these beautiful martial arts sequences inside these like spandex kind of suits fighting each other. But I think the spandex suits were supposed to be like metal. Like they didn't really explain what it was. Um, but then when they, when they got hit with swords, sparks would fly off. So I have to assume they were metal, right? Um, and then... They would also get into these big giant robots and fight these big giant monsters, like Godzilla kind of monsters. And it was all kinds of awesome. Oh, excuse me. I'm yawning because I've been sad all morning, right? Um, so <laughs> it's just sorry. But um, but trying to think about it in a positive way. You know, when when we were younger, we didn't know, but a lot of the, all mainly all the footage of them fighting was all created in Japan from a TV show called Super Sentai. And a company came along, a guy in particular came along and started a company where he saw these shows and thought, we could recycle this footage, right? We could take all this action, all this cool stuff they already made in Japan. And then if we just had a story where the actors were American and they were, they were speaking to the American youth, that would be the bridge. 
And I think some people would say, well, that's like cultural appropriation, right? Or some kind of appropriation, entertainment appropriation, right? Um, but in other ways, it opened up that doorway. It was the bridge. It's something that helped American audiences wrap their ideas, wrap their minds around these other ideas. Um, and now, you know, made something like that very common. Now I think of a kid, you know, you see someone transform. There's Fortnite characters that their gimmicks are basically their Power Rangers, right? They they transform. They um. There's literally a whole season dedicated to basically Power Rangers and Fortnite where you had a giant mech with a giant sword fighting a giant monster um, that's right out of those type of TV shows and films. And Power Rangers paved the way for that, right? So my understanding is that, you know, these actors came out to be on the show. Jason David Frank was one of them. But before that, he actually auditioned to be on a show called VR Troopers. Now, if you are, you know, my age, you might say, well, I know VR Troopers and he wasn't on it. Well, they filmed the pilot episode, my understanding, and he was originally going to be like the VR trooper or the VR troopers. Um, and then eventually they went a different route and they did it so like there was these little kids and these kids turned into VR troopers. So that's how the shows changed. Like once Power Rangers were established, all these other kind of shows started coming out. So there was a common rider or a mask rider is what we called it in America. And that was like a young kid who like was more like a Nickelodeon style show, I feel like. And he would like hop on a motorcycle. That was his his gimmick, right? Uh, the VR troopers were like three small kids and they would turn into these troopers. They were like big. They're like adults, basically. I don't think that they were actually inside the suits in that situation. Big Bad Beetleboards, again, was kids that lived in a house with a ghost. And then they also turned into, um, you know, uh, big, big robot guys that would fight. And I think I was surprised to find out. I think the ghost is actually an idea that came from the Japanese show also. Um, but again, all of these shows are doing the same concept. They have Americans in, in telling the story. And then they cut to footage that was made in Japan from an older show. Um, I think VR Troopers was Metal Warriors um, or Heavy Warriors, something like that. There's a bunch of them, right? But basically, that's what these shows are. And the cool thing about... One, one of the cool things about... A lot of cool things about the show. But one of the cool things was... Um, on Power Rangers, there was a six ranger. So they show up and they sh- they establish that there's like five different main characters. And at some point during the season, a new character shows up. And apparently this is like a trope that happens in a lot of those types of shows a lot. You might have three VR troopers. And at some point, a fourth VR trooper shows up. You might have a common rider or a mask rider. At some point, a second mask rider shows up, right? And you're like, what? And it gets you every time. It's always awesome. <laughs> and, um... Yeah, so like Tommy Oliver was played by J. Stephen Frank and he shows up and he is a Green Ranger. And I think originally when he shows up, you don't know it. Um, I think he's just a kid going to school. He's super cool. He's got long hair. I feel like that was not common back then. Did martial arts. Um, and when he shows up, he's a bad guy originally on the show. So like as as this one Ranger, he's fighting all five Rangers and it's, he had like a shield on him. He was a little different. His suit was a little different than the other five. So he's a bit of an individual. And all this stuff was just resonating speaking to kids. I don't think I've ever met a kid who didn't like the Green Ranger. We all like, my friend Anthony mentioned this, everyone had a Ranger they liked out of the core five, right? You might be the Black Ranger, the Red Ranger, the Blue Ranger, the Yellow Ranger, the Pink Ranger. You might like one of them. But we all liked the Green Ranger, especially like when he became the White Ranger, definitely. When the White Ranger was the White Ranger, it was like, we're all the White Ranger. Like, everyone could be that Ranger. That's okay. Um, not everyone made him, maybe, maybe wanted to identify with the Green Ranger since he was originally a bad guy. 
I think some people were divided between the Green Ranger and the Red Ranger. Um, however, I think when he became the White Ranger and you knew 100% he was a good Ranger, he was not associated at all with his bad past, um, then everyone, I think, liked him. Um, and I think a cool fact about that is, like, there was no White Ranger in the original show. That's from, like, a different show or a different, like, TV series or something like that. And they, they still wanted to keep him on the show. So, like, they just, like, spliced that footage from one show into the other show. It's crazy. Like, they don't make art like this anymore, right? <laughs> like, it's like a mixed media project, basically. Um, and, yeah, and these, these shows go on to eventually they got their first movie. They did make two movies. And like I said, the second movie featured a kid being the Blue Ranger. And not to put it all on that kid, but I felt like that is when the show started definitely putting their foot down and saying, yeah, we're this is a kid's show. This will always be a kid's show. And I think some of us just grew up after that. The next coolest moment for me, I, you know, I did see Jason David Frank where it was in some other shows. One of the first shows I saw him do was a TV show called Undressed. And now I'm a bit older. I'm now around maybe 16, 17 and he's on a show called Undress, which HBO always has these shows now that have like sex and sex is kind of like the, one of the main focus points of the show is it might be sex and dragons. It might be sex and um, zombies or like sex and you're in jail. Like if you're watching Oz, right? Sex and vampires. If you're watching True, uh, True Blood. Like that's kind of really what those shows honestly are saying. And Undressed before all those shows, I feel like was one of those shows that was like, this show is about sex and sex, and what it's like to have sex, and all the things that do with sex. It was made by MTV. It aired on MTV late night, and it was a very unique show because the show would start off and introduce you a storyline, um, and then the, it would like cut to a second storyline and a third storyline. I feel like there was usually about two or three storylines that were going like ongoing, and through the episodes, one of the storylines might end, and it would introduce a new storyline, while the other storylines would continue. And then it would kind of cycle out. So it seemed like a show that could go on infinitely, right? As, as some characters and storylines were ending, while you were still seeing the middle and tail end of the other two storylines, they were introducing a new sort of storyline with new characters. Um, maybe that killed it. Maybe, maybe people didn't have characters that stayed on long enough. But it lets you do guest appearances and have other people come on to the show. And at one point, Jason David Frank was on the show. He played a young hotshot lawyer, um, I think teaming up with another female lawyer and a working lead on the case, and they don't like each other originally, but over time, working in, you know close to each other, they start to kind of develop you know interest in each other, and um, yeah, it, it gets sexy, and people get undressed, and that was kind of MTV's whole shtick, right? Which was awesome, right? <laughs> especially at this time in my life. Again, I'm growing up, and I remember he cut his hair, his hair was kind of spiky, kind of the look he had now, I think he has some tattoos. It's like, what? Tommy Oliver, man. He's like growing up, man. He's like a bad boy now, right? Um, he, he killed it on the show, and I was excited to see him on that show and do other shows. But I think back in the 90s, there definitely was a thing with companies and typecasting. I don't think companies at the time understood the potential of meta. The idea that, you know, by bringing Jason David Frank over to your show without paying any royalties or copyright, you're bringing the Green Ranger over to your show. We see this all now all the time with cameos, um, guest experiences. We, we see this like the spiritual succession of characters um, being brought into other things. I think Birdman's one of the best examples, right? That film starring Michael Keaton was not about Batman. They weren't legally paying the, for the rights for Batman, but they made a whole movie that's 
when you're watching it, you know this is about Michael Keaton and what he did or how it was for him to be Batman and then age as an actor. That's what that movie's about. But there's there's no Batman in that movie. This it's a fictional character called Birdman, and still you're dealing with these same things. It might not be like a biography, it might not be exactly what Michael Keaton deals with, but it was very funny to see how they dealt with it, and then also sad and informative to see how this is aging actor has to actor has to deal with the fact that he used to play such an extremely iconic character and now he's older in life and he's not playing that character anymore. Um, but that's meta, right? It's you're referencing something else that's that isn't necessarily what we're talking about. And that somehow gives that thing you're talking about more power. It makes it cooler. It's something extra inside of that, right? So I can think of a hundred situations where it'd been cool if you had Jason David Frank show up as Tommy Oliver or as a new character, but doing something that was original. And that was his idea when he wanted to do the Legend of the White Dragon. It was, hey, well, you know, they won't let us make an adult Power Ranger show um, the most recent Mighty Morphin Power Ranger movie, they did let him and Amy Jo cameo in it at the end for some reason. Don't know where that was going, if that was even going to go anywhere. That movie didn't do as well as it should have. Um, and um, yeah, and that didn't go, that didn't materialize into anything else. So I think what he was banking on was, yeah, if we can, you know, do something where I'm still doing this Power Ranger stuff, but we change it a bit. People will still recognize that I'm the Power Ranger and, you know, they'll show up, whatever. So he got Bat in the Sun to make it and he convinced them. And then he got people on Kickstarter to produce it. And this is another amazing thing about Kickstarter and crowdfunding. Where, like, you can see studios are not listening. They don't want to hear this. And it's crazy to me how few studios are out there just simply looking at the Internet and saying, okay, well, let's try this product. They don't do it. It's amazing they don't do it. Um... I think a lot of that has to do with a bunch of different things that I want to get into on this episode. I want to keep talking about Jason David Frank. Jason David Frank and all the awesome things that he was doing. Um, uh, besides that project, I've seen he would do a lot of these things where I never really knew how to feel about them. Because, you know, when you have the whole convention scene, I'm not in the conventions. So I don't like going to a lot of conventions. However, I realize that some people do like going to conventions. When I was looking through a lot of the comments and stuff on a lot of the videos talking about him, it was surprising to me to see how many people were talking about the experiences when they met him or kind of like almost like a, the politics that went on to conventions, going to a lot of conventions. It's a scene. It's a circuit, right? And um, these guys sometimes meet each other, bump into each other, celebrities see other celebrities, other stories and things happen. It's a whole thing. And it's obviously a, a big money business. People can live off of these things. And it's something, one of the main ways I think he supported himself into his later life, supported himself and his family, I should say. Um, yeah, and seeing that there's, there is another life to go that way. And it, it has to be good, too, because you're networking and meeting people. But I think most people that are looking at him in this situation didn't want to move forward because they thought, well, everyone's going to see that he's just a Green Ranger. And it's like, no, like, we love the fact that he's a Green Ranger, right? Um, and, and looking at a lot of the videos he posted online over the years, thinking about something I saw, like he would do these camps, these martial arts camps. I know he had martial arts schools. And I would see people that would show up, and really they showed up because they wanted to pay for a weekend to hang out with Jason David Frank. And I've seen this with lots of other people. And I realized the value in it when if you have a celebrity or someone that you know is more accessible, willing to do these meet and greets or willing to do these kind of conventions, my original, I used to think to myself, oh, man, these, these celebrities are just trying to make money off their fans. They're charging their fans sometimes a pretty large amount of money 
for them to come out. And then watching the videos now and looking back and seeing how much fun everybody was having and how much the stuff meant to them. I was like, this actually was a really cool, unique opportunity for people to basically go and meet somebody that they idolized a lot as a child, um, have that experience with them. And everyone I've seen talk about him, this were close to him, you know, showed that he also really, really enjoyed that part of it too. He had a real love for the fans and their admiration. It kind of, you know, he gave it back also. Um, and then the positivity, the ongoing positivity throughout of all of his situations. I had no idea. Um, I'm not, maybe I follow him as closely as others, but I had no idea that he experienced such a tragic loss in his life recently. And then even in November, that he was going through hardships. The most recent videos I saw from him were still super positive, still putting out a lot of positive energy into the world. And that can be hard. It can be really hard trying to keep up that, not so much a front, I don't want to call it, but, you know, Waking up and living by those principles, trying to always be positive, trying to put that out into the world, it's exhausting, especially when you're hurting and you're having pain. So, you know, I think that's everything I could have to say about the situation. And I, I want to wrap it up there. And I hope, again, if you guys are out there, you always know you can hit me up. You can talk to me. If I'm not available, you know, talk to one of your friends. Call somebody you haven't seen in a long time. There's never a reason not to call them. There's never a reason not to reconnect. There is nothing that is that bad that you guys can't get past or can't, you know, get over. At the grand scheme of things, we're all human. And this life, our time here is finite. So whatever it is you think that you can't work around, it's really just not true. Maybe the time isn't right for some of those people in your life, but then maybe they're more than willing to, you know, have those conversations and, and be open to it. You just have to give it a chance. You have to give it a try. Um, you know, post a message. You see if someone responds. This year, luckily, in 2020. 2022, I've had a great opportunity to reconnect with some of my friends that I haven't seen in a while. Um, and it's all been great. It's been great every single time. And I hope to keep doing it with everyone. Um, so if you guys are out there listening, you know, again, you can hit me up. You can reach out to me any kind of way you want. I'm always looking forward to talking to you guys. Or just come hang out if you want to just chat. Um, you know, make a username. Hang out in the, the Samurai Syndicate on our Discord. Talk about whatever you want to talk about. Awesome place to be. Um, yeah, there's a lot of positive people being awesome with each other. And thank you guys so much. I know this might have been <laughs> slightly sadder, but that's real life. You know, when you're out there and you're chasing dreams, you're pursuing things, you're going to have these moments. And I wanted to dedicate this episode just to the memory of Jason David Frank and things he's done, the impact he had on my life. And overall, you know, even this podcast, you know, the overall, the, the thing that I'm trying to do, this, there's a lot of stuff that comes from from him, and um, you know, some a part of me didn't want to talk about it originally, and I feel like that's not fair. That's not that's not really giving respect where respect is due. So this is going to come out on Thanksgiving. I hope you guys are having a great Thanksgiving and be thankful for each other, man. Thankful for the opportunities you have. I'll talk about Salem next week, but I got to start the podcast off with. You know, we are we are fortunate. We live in one of the most amazing times ever. I imagine the future is going to be even brighter. Um, and, um, you know, people across the planet still to this day are suffering. I know. And people in the past have suffered. We all know. Um, and, you know, but right now, you know, you guys, we all have to take a step back and realize no matter how bad situations are, they can get better. Things can improve and work out. There's a way to do it. And I wholeheartedly believe the only way that we get anything done this great is with each other. So stay in touch. Love you guys. Talk to you guys later. Thank you for listening to the episode, and I hope it wasn't, you know, a, a downer. I hope we can take this situation and move forward, right? Peace.